0: Welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Good morning, Hope City Church family. It's so good to be with you here this morning. We've really missed being together, but we understand that that is changing very quickly and we're all very excited about that. I'm thankful to be able to share with you uh, this morning just some thoughts that the Lord has placed within my spirit over these days and hope it would be an encouragement to our hearts. And the title of my message today is The Expectation of Joy, or The Anticipation of Joy. What often happens in the Word is that Uh, Principles of the word or principles of the kingdom are often very much in opposite to that which is our natural way of thinking, our natural way of responding. That we're familiar with the passage of scripture. We use it often. Nehemiah 8:10, where it says, "The joy of the Lord is my strength." We repeat that often. And in the midst, when we're going through struggles or persecution or trials or pressures of any kind, losses it's very unlikely that we would in the natural respond with a spirit of joy. But as we've been taught, we're to have a spirit of thanksgiving, a spirit of joyfulness is something that I believe God wants to release into our hearts and to download into our hearts. And it, the joy of the Lord is something that is much different than natural happiness or, or natural joy as we would look at it. It's, it's supernatural joy. And supernatural joy brings supernatural strength. And it's my heart and my belief that in the days ahead and now that the Lord would give a great release of joy that comes out of his heart, that comes out of the wellspring of his spirit. Some things came to my mind just to my remembrance as I was contemplating this. And I remember a time, it's a number of years now, where our oldest grandson, Dakota, uh, he and I were sitting in our living room in Abbotsford and he was sitting across from me and he was just a little boy. It was quite some time ago when he was sitting there on a settee with his uh, legs crossed and his flaming red hair and uh, he looked at me very intently and he said, Mammy, you're the boss of us all. And I was very perplexed by that and I was wondering, Dakota, why on earth would you say something like that? And right away he looked at me intently again and said, Mammy, you are so serious. And uh, well, I've been kind of labeled as this now, the boss of us all and being very serious. It's not altogether true, but somewhat. And this joy that I'm talking about this morning is is not according to our personalities or our temperament or even the circumstances of our life, but it's a deep, abiding joy of the Lord, as it says in uh, John 15, 11. These things I have spoken unto you, that you would have joy and that your joy would be full. The Lord wants to fill our hearts with that joy that's full. And uh, just understanding that, yes, it's true, I can be a serious person, a thoughtful person, maybe contemplative at times and intense at times. And yet the Lord has released in my spirit, my heart, uh, uh, just a desire to be released more and more into the joy of the Lord. And I have experienced that at times in my life uh, when the Holy Spirit just released that spirit of joy. In the meantime, I happen to be married to Mr. Happy. And uh, you can often hear Blake giving a gut-busting laugh no matter where or what time. And even when he's all by himself, he just has that temperament of happiness and joyfulness. And Perhaps that's why he is so very healthy, as it says in Proverbs uh, 17.22, that a merry heart that's good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. And we know that the Lord uh, is healing our hearts and releasing us, even from this time of being shut down and set aside. And, And he wants us to experience the joy that is sustaining in our life. I have another memory of our home in Abbotsford. And, you know, um, sometimes our weather can be really, really uh, wet. And it was one of those West Coast days where it was just a downpour. And Blake came into the kitchen in the morning and he opened up the sliding glass door and he looked out and he responded by saying, well, if the birds can sing in the rain, so can we. So that's kind of the opposite attract. I'm Mrs. Sirius and he's Mr. Happy, but somehow the Lord brings us together in that. But he, the Lord wants to release a spirit of joy in our hearts, one that will be a strength to us. And if there ever was a time where we needed endurance and perseverance and strength, it is now in this season and in the days ahead. I'd like to read a portion of scripture from Psalm uh, 126. And uh, the context of this psalm is that the children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon. They'd been in captivity for 70 years, nearly three generations of of their uh, families were in captivity all that time. And finally, they were released with the ability to go home. And I'll just read it as a short psalm. It says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing, and they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. In this portion of scripture, we see, three metaphors that represent the joyfulness of Israel coming out of captivity. The first one is they were as those who were dreaming. They had a dream. Have you ever had a dream or had something happen so wonderful that it seems like it's a dream to you? It's a dream come true. And uh, this was the case that they were like those who dream. And then the second metaphor is streams. We think of streams as being a time of refreshing where, where the waters of God come and refresh us and fill us up. And this is what they were experiencing when they were let out of captivity. And then the third uh, metaphor is the festivities of harvest, that in the midst of all of this, the Lord was going to bring a great harvest for, this, for them. And uh, I believe that that's part of our potential and part of our future as we enter into this wonderful joy that we are going to experience a great harvest an outpouring like we've never experienced before. We see in verses five and six here that it says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. I believe this speaks of the intercession of our heart or the cry of our heart and and perhaps those of you who have been in the shutdown period, you have been just standing in the gap and praying and, and believing God that, that things are going to open up. And the, and the church will be able to come together and meet together again as, as, as we have done in the past. And I believe that's God's heart for us to come together and experience his presence together once again, at least in measure And uh, there's a sense of just being in captivity. Sometimes personally, we can have personal bondages or captivities or just going through these few months has been a very challenging time. And yet in the midst of it, God has been dealing with us personally, going deep within our hearts to reveal to us our motivations and reveal to us his heart for us. And he wants to drop that anticipation or that, that desire or that expectation of joy. What is your expectation? What is your anticipation? And it's interesting to know that the synonym for those two words are actually joy. Joy and hope are synonyms for expectation and anticipation. So God wants to breathe upon that in our hearts and lives. And he wants us to continue to stay in that place of prayer and intercession that God's purposes will be burst burst forth for our future and uh, that we will experience that harvest. It says, Bearing seed for sowing shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him. We can anticipate a great harvest as we move forward. In Psalm 30, 11, it says, Weeping may endure for a night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. And God wants us to be released in a shout of joy, especially as we expect and anticipate coming together again and experience his presence we have had a blessed time, many of you meeting in homes on Sunday morning as we have done, and the presence of God has been rich, and we're very thankful that we've had that opportunity to do so, but we're missing just being able to come together and experience the presence of the Lord. It's interesting in Psalm 2-4, you, you know... Um, it can be said that joy is the serious business of heaven. <laughs> and uh, it says in that portion of scripture that God sits in the heavens and laughs. Do you think maybe God knows some things that we don't know or we haven't fully realized? And if we look at the context of that scripture in Psalm 1, it says, in verse 1, why, or Psalm 2 verse 1, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. And then God says, he sits in the heavens and laughs. And I believe that God wants to align our hearts with heavens. We uh, pray the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done in Matthew 6:10, on earth as it is in heaven. So it's important for us to align our hearts with the heart of God. He's sitting in heaven laughing, particularly at the enemies of God and those who are coming against the anointed of God. And I believe that we can align ourselves the same way. We can sit and laugh at Mr. Devil and say, no, 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 no. We're going to just laugh with God. We're going to join with the heart of God in heaven and just believe for the joy of the Lord that is our strength is so very powerful. What is the source of of this joy? Um, We're very familiar with the passage of scripture and love it very much. The passage in Isaiah 61 where where it is a life message for many of us. And and we know that Jesus expressed and took um, that book of Isaiah when he went into the temple after he came out of the wilderness being tempted of the enemy and having victory there that he lifted up the book of Isaiah and he began to read, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord God has anointed me to heal broken hearts, to set captives free, and to preach the favorable year of the Lord and to release prisoners from their captivity. And then in verse 3, is a beautiful verse, it says, the Lord will give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And Jesus said today, these words have been fulfilled in your, in your hearing. And we're just so thankful that Jesus came with that spirit to heal hearts and set captives free. And he wants us to know that we can carry that same spirit. But That third verse, the beauty for ashes, how many times, how many times in our life have has God come and brought beauty for the ashes of our lives when we feel like we failed the Lord or we've, not missed, uh, we've missed the mark or have not accomplished all that he would have us to do, and yet he wants to give beauty. He always gives beauty. In Romans 8, it talks about all things working together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. We love God, and we're called according to his purpose, and he wants us to press forward and move forward in his purposes in this season. And then that uh, second part where it says that he will give the oil of joy for mourning. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. The oil represents the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And joy is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit that we see in Galatians. And and so the Lord, uh, often the anointing um, is is spoken of by uh, the, the, the smearing of the Lord, or the anointing of the Lord just pouring upon our lives. And I believe like never before, the Lord wants to give the oil of joy for mourning in this portion of scripture in, in Psalm 126, it says, even the nations have said about Israel, the Lord has done great things for them. You know, as we uh, move about our activities in this world and, and do what we have to do, we can see that there's a great spirit of fear and anxiety upon many people. And uh, I believe the Lord wants us to come with a different spirit, with an opposite spirit, so that even the nations would be able to say, or the people would be able to say, say, our communities would be able to say that the Lord has done great things for them. How come you are rejoicing in the midst of these hard times? And uh, we can have a hope, we can share the joy of the Lord that, that certainly is our strength. And so we operate in a different spirit. And so the Lord wants us to draw deeply of of that well of joy that he's provided for us. And then it goes on to say, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Again, that is contrary to what we would naturally do, is it not, and and yet the Lord says, just put on the garment of praise. So we choose to put on that garment. As we've been exhorted and encouraged to be thankful, we put on the garment of praise, just the way we would put on our, our clothing. What a beautiful um, garment. And the word tells us that, that we receive a beautiful countenance when we put on that garment of praise. And praise releases, I believe, the spirit of joy. We know in, in the scripture that it tells us that that he inhabits the praises of his people. And as we uh, put on that garment and we exercise our prayer and we exercise our praise and our thanksgiving, joy begins to be released in our hearts. In Psalm 1611, uh, it says, um, you have shown to me the way of life, Lord. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. He has shown us the way. And we want to be a people of the presence of God. And we're the presence of God. Joy is full and it manifests fully. And so we keep pursuing his presence. We keep putting on that garment and we keep being released into the joy of the Lord, this supernatural joy that gives supernatural strength. And so in Isaiah 12, 3, it says, therefore, with joy, I will draw waters out of the wells of salvation. Just begin to rehearse and remember all the wonderful things that that God has done in your heart, in your life, to to bring salvation to your your journey and to your pathway. And and remember those places where he has given beauty for ashes. We will draw out of those deep wells of salvation. And in that day, we will say, praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. And so there's a great level of release that comes when we draw from, from that well. Uh, During the time of uh, just being locked down, as they say, the terminology there, uh, there's been great opportunity for us to be able to spend time in the presence of the Lord, just to cultivate our relationship with him, to drink deeply of his presence. And for me personally, I have really been blessed by the time that I can just uh, unite with the Lord's heart and just meditate in his word and found myself rehearsing and memorizing the words specifically uh, scriptures of joy because the Lord had dropped that seed in my heart that he wants me to have an expectation of joy and I believe he wants that for all of us as believers and also to listen to some wonderful anointed ministry over YouTube and and just to be built up in your spirit the Lord has said to me I want you to stay in the faith camp I want you to stay in the joy camp because there's such power in that. And and I've been really blessed and have been through the years with the ministry of Mark Hankins. I believe he's an apostle of joy and an apostle of faith. And, and um, he says some really interesting and wonderful statements as he communicates so aptly around these areas. but. He says the celebration, your celebration is a demonstration of your expectation. Mm -hmm. And as we put on that garment of praise, as we celebrate before the Lord, and I believe there's going to be a great celebration as we come together in the weeks that Uh, follow us, that that we're not going to take for granted the coming together. We're not going to take for granted just being able to come together and praise the Lord together because we've missed that and, and we need that to be built up, each of us being building up one another in the things of the Lord. And also, your celebration is an expectation of your revelation. What do you know of the heart of the Father? What do you know about Jesus? Of course, it's revealed in the Word. But many times we're called to celebrate and rejoice and praise before the victory comes. That is part of the strategy that God gives us against the forces of darkness and and even for the spirit of heaviness that that people are expressing how they are suffering from depression during this time. And the anecdote for that is to put on that garment of praise, to put on joy and, and to just be released in the joy of the Lord. For those of us who uh, perhaps that doesn't come so naturally, um, it's interesting, I got a a new battery in my car. Because I didn't use my car all that much during this time sometimes, I would go down and try to turn it over and it just wouldn't ignite. It would just go, "Mm, mm, mm." you know how a motor does when you're trying to get it started. Or a motor is cold, but I've got a new battery now. So what is your battery indicating to you? Is your uh, joy battery full? So sometimes we just have to rehearse that, and, and uh, he shares about just getting that motor going. You might have to go, ha, 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 ho, 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 he, 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 ha, 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 and before you know it, you're going to be rejoicing. He um, tells the story of, he was mentored by Kenneth Hagan's uh, Sr., and he tells and um, talks about him often, referring affectionately as Papa Hagen or Dad Hagen, and just some of the, he's considered to be, I believe, um, one of the fathers of faith for the modern faith movement. And and as he was a young man growing up, he was very fragile and actually was very ill and was bedridden for much time when he was a young man. And yet he had a call of God upon his life, and he had a hope to, to be released. And that's when the Lord began to reveal to him the power of the medicine of joy. And even though he naturally didn't feel it and was suffering physically and in his body, he began to rehearse the joy of the Lord. Ha, 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 ho, 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 ha, ha, ha. And he he learned from a neurologist that the body actually doesn't know the difference between that which is genuine joy and that which is fake joy. So in the meantime, until the release of that genuine joy comes, we can just practice. Ha, 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 ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, Mr. Devil, and I'm going to laugh at you the way the heavens are laughing because victory is coming to us in the name of Jesus. There's another term that um, I've come to enjoy, and and that is the word Omega joy. Mm -hmm. We recognize in Hebrews 12, 2 that that, um, it says of of the Lord, uh, fixing your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith, he's the beginning. And he's the end. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, bearing the shame. And he's now seated in those heavenly places, seated at the right hand of the Father. But what was that joy? That joy was us. That joy was his body. That joy was his people. Because of us, he was willing to endure the cross and bear the shame. And uh, we're so thankful for that. So he is our alpha joy and he's our omega joy and it's very interesting that in the world joy at the beginning is is very expressive it it's very jubilant but it often will peer peer out and just disappear after time or it just disintegrates and so um and yet in the kingdom of God our joy increases That our latter days will be better than our former days. That the joy of the Lord is going to be enhanced and increased in the days ahead. So we know the omega joy and we know the alpha joy, the beginning joy and the ending joy. We're so grateful for that. And God wants us to drink deeply of that. Um, In our family and in our property, we've been all abuzz and busy and and just anticipating my eldest granddaughter is going to be married this month of August. And of course, when someone's going to be married, there's a great deal of expectation. There's a lot of work going on, a lot of cleaning and and repairing and building. And and beyond that, there's just an excitement and anticipation of the joy that that we are experiencing as Cherokee and uh, Johnny come to be wed. And there's been other weddings in our church family this, this summer, and it's a, a beautiful thing when that happens. And it just reminded me of the ancient uh, marriage wedding ceremony of Israel. And the bride is called the Kala, the Kala. And uh, the the history of that and the and the what they would do is that the the young man who is going to be the groom would leave his father's house and he would travel. To his beloved's home and when he arrived at that home he would enter into a covenant with his loved one he would enter into a covenant before the family and before the the father of the bride and and even in that covenant this couple were already considered to be husband and wife bride and groom even though the marriage the wedding had not happened yet so there was a great beautiful covenant that happened and then the groom would leave and he would go back to his father's house and there would be great preparation that was happening. Great preparation happening for the wedding. And isn't that a beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ? How he left his father's home. He left heaven and he journeyed to earth and his life and, and he laid down his life for us for the joy that was set before him. And uh, we as believers, have become the bride of Jesus. We belong to him. The wedding hasn't happened yet, but we are the bride of Jesus. And we know that the word tells us that he's going to come for a bride without spot or wrinkle. And so we've been in this preparation time. All this has happened and it's no surprise to God. As I said, he sits in the heavens and laughs. But this has been a great preparation time for us individually and I believe corporately to to prepare for this time and this season as as we approach it and, and as we have an expectation of all that God would do, that he would just release a great flow of joy, a great deposit of joy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In Hebrews 1.9, we often think maybe in terms of, of Jesus being a very ser- a serious um, ministry-motivated person and, and God is being maybe distant or austere, but as we heard, he sits in the heavens and laughs. But we, we know that, that it says here in this portion of scripture, and it, he's just re- reciting again from Isaiah 45, where it says that Jesus was the anointed with the oil of joy above his companions, mm-hmm. I believe that Jesus carried a countenance of great joy and he was like a magnet because of his compassion and because of his ability to operate through the power of the Holy Spirit, healing and bringing deliverance to individuals. And can you imagine what joy filled his heart as he could just receive that anointing of the Holy Spirit to do what his father called him to do. So Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy above his companions. These are very uh, interesting times and seasons that we're in. And and there's a portion of scripture in Matthew 24 where the disciples of Jesus come to him and and ask him, what will be the sign of your coming? What will be the sign of your return? And Jesus begins to explain to them what's happening, what's happening around and what will happen in that time. And he says, and we recognize these words, he says, there'll be wars and there'll be rumors of wars. There'll be pestilences like plagues. There'll be earthquakes in diverse places. But this is not the end, says the Lord. But it is the beginning of sorrows. And many people, if we look at the circumstances of the world we're in and all that is happening in our world, many would say that perhaps this is the beginning of sorrows. And then it goes on to say that lawlessness will abide. We're seeing that everywhere, particularly in the United States of America and even in our own country. We see this lawlessness that is being manifested and all the anarchy and all that's going on. And it's hard to believe that this is happening in North America and in different places in the world. But we shouldn't be surprised at this because the Lord shows us in his word that he would reveal to us the signs and the times And yet, the word tells us in Isaiah 60 that that as things grow darker and blacker in this world, that the kingdom of God will be brighter. Rise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Deep darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise upon you and his glory will be seen on your face. So the Lord is causing his glory to rise upon his people. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord rises up and raises up his standards against him. So we don't have to be people of fear. We can completely trust in the timing and seasons of God. God has a calendar. God has a timing that he is revealing in the earth. And as I said before, it will be the ultimate omega joy. And then um, the Lord Jesus goes on to, to tell them that it will be like the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. And it also says that no one knows the day or the time when he shall return except the Father. But we are to be watchful. We're to be awakened. We're to be watchful. And it says there in that portion of Scripture in Matthew 24 too, that there will be a great time of Great trouble. Great trouble. And yet the Lord says that I will make a a way of escape for those who know me and believe believe in me. And we just believe that that God will make a way of escape for us during these times where great sorrow comes upon the earth. And so so thankful that Jesus made that journey for heaven that we could become his own beloved, his bride. And just as a natural bride anticipates the coming of the Lord, I believe God wants to just create in us a great anticipation for his coming, to look up and know that our redemption draws nigh and to redeem the time, to redeem the time, to take every opportunity to to share about the hope that is in us and all that God has brought to our hearts and our lives. And then it moves into Matthew 25 where it talks about the ten virgins and that five were foolish and five were wise. Five virgins had their lamps filled with the oil And their wicks trimmed. And the five foolish were not prepared at all. And then it said, when the Son of Man's coming was delayed, they fell asleep. And very often we can see that spirit of slumber upon the people of God even sometimes. And yet the Lord wants to awaken us as his people. Awaken us from our slumber. And the the five wise virgins were waiting for the sound of the Lord. And it said, at a certain time there was a midnight cry, a midnight cry. Who would expect that cry to come at midnight? But we're to be prepared. It says that they went out to meet the Lord. And in If ever we needed to know that this is a great preparation time, that as their uh, lamps were filled with oil, God wants us to be filled with his Holy Spirit, filled up to overflowing and prepared and waiting, and being efficient and effective to just communicate the love of Jesus, that many, many would be brought into the kingdom of God during this time of preparation. And I believe that that is happening and will happen in the days ahead. Just the places where we've sown in tears, the places where we've prayed and interceded and believed God, I believe quickly we're going to see the manifestation of those prayers. As we pray for the prodigals as to come home, we know it's the time for the prodigals to come home. We're not to give up. We're to endure and persevere in our prayer and intercession and, and our rejoicing and our praise before the Lord because he is going to quickly bring the answer to our prayers as we wait before him. In Matthew, or Revelation, sorry, Revelation 19, let's read one more scripture here. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Praise you, Lord. In Revelation 19, 9, it says, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, These are true and sayings of God. And in verse 7, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. We're in this preparation of making ourselves ready for the Lord. And I believe that the bride of Christ is a rejoicing bride. She's full of glory and she's full of beauty and she's clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And I can just see her expressing her joy through her celebration and, and through her dance and just preparing to, to meet the Lord Jesus. So in this time and the season, I believe the Lord would just release a great expectation and a great anticipation of the joy that is our strength. Thanks so much for joining us today.